This is episode 95 for Tuesday, April 25th, 2017, brought to you from Arlington, Texas. This week, we'll be covering Style 7C, Keller Beer. Welcome to Brew Styles. My name is Travis, and together with Chris, Eddie, and Sawyer, we take on the world of beer one style at a time. Each week, we discuss a different style of beer and taste some of our favorites. We hope you leave with a thirst for more. Our podcast can be found on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Look us up and subscribe to make sure you are kept up to date on our latest episodes. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at brew underscore styles. Drop by our website, brewstyles.com, where you can stream every episode, check out our photo gallery, and use the contact tab to send us comments and feedback. You can also find more information about the BJCP and how to become a certified beer judge. Settle in and raise a pint with us as we launch into another episode of Brew Styles. Massive wooden butts. And we are back. (laughs) <laughs> Glad to be back in studio with our drops, oh, and uh, I have been I have been one hundred percent assured that this room is bird proof, so we should not have any more oh, yeah. uh, wildlife inside our studio attacking us, flying around in circles. If they do, podcast cat will uh, will help us out there. Yeah, he's ready over here. Yes. Us. that's he's the only wildlife that comes in, and even still, he's ready to pounce. Quite tame. <laughs> but uh, if you don't know what I'm talking about, then check out last week's episode where we recorded in the garage while we did a triple brew day. It was uh, quite interesting. You know, a little different uh, as far as audio quality, but if you get past that, content's still good. And it got a little weird towards the end. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't That's feel okay. that great that day. <laughs> it was a fun episode. It I mean, was. I had it, just, a, it was long and had a good time. We drank a lot. It was like an eight-hour brew day. It was. Long day. But sometimes you got to break up the monotony. Yeah. I mean, you know, if you think about it, we've been doing this podcast for, you know, coming up on two years. Yeah. In a few months. And Good grief. basically every week, <laughs> we've been in the studio doing more or less the same thing. So sometimes, and I'm sure that you get this at home, if you go to the same job every day and you do the same thing, it just, it sucks after a while. So you got to change it up, make it a little more interesting. Spice up the love life, that kind of thing. So that's what we did last week. It was mm-hmm. enjoyable. But uh, we were back in studio, which is uh, has its own comforts as well. Yes. Air conditioning. Air conditioning. Comfy seat. Padded seats. Mm-hmm. I guess that's it. That's all. Yeah, there's <laughs> not much else. But that's Table. Okay. Yeah. But uh, yes, we were joined today by Chris. Hello. And Sawyer. What up? So I already know what you did last weekend because we were all brewing together. Yes. Yeah. Uh, have both of your beers kicked off fermentation since then. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I was getting a little nervous because usually my beers start fermenting really fast. Mm-hmm. You know, like that same, you know, within 12 hours they're, they're going. That wasn't the case this time. Hmm. It took at least 24 hours this time. So it made me a little nervous. What yeast strain did you use? I forgot. It was a. It was the the uh, London ale. London ale. Okay. Yeah. Because there are definitely some yeast strains that are notorious for like slow starters, and it's, long lag time. Yeah. Because there's one of those yeah. things that you can like 
search for certain yeast strains and then all you find is just forum post. Um, I brewed this like two days ago and there's still nothing happening. Do I need to repitch? I was one of those guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, also, if you remember, it took a long time for your smack pack to swell. Yeah, that's true. So I, that it could may have, have been, had something to do with it. Look at the date on the package. It could have been an old yeast pack. I didn't, but by the time I pitched it, it had completely poofed. So, um, <laughs> you know, okay. I don't, maybe I don't know. it was just you know a little lethargic. The yeast yeah, were maybe sleepy. so. I don't know. I waited it until it was poofed. So, well, like I said last week, I think I said this on the recording. I don't remember. I'm a firm convert now to dry yeast. Yeah, mm-hmm. it makes things so much easier. I mean, I still do a little starter. I guess technically it's just rehydrating. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I get faster fermentation. I get cleaner fermentation just all around. I like it better. Yeah. Um, eventually, I'm going to make my way over that over that way um, once I get a stir plate and a flask and yeah. go that route. But right now, I wanted to try the the, the mini starter again. Well, it's so. like I... I been doing it the same way the last dozen brews or so. Well, I'll just pull yeah. a little bit of my wort off, uh, dump my yeast in the in the flask, stir bar overnight. Just let it do its thing while the the beer cools to pitching temperature. Pitch it the next day, and then within a few hours, I've got mm-hmm. activity. Yeah. Oh, sure, yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. But even with this lager yeast that I used this past week, because I did a, a pale lager, um, it was very quick. Everything was sitting at about 54 degrees when I pitched. Uh-huh. And with, you know, it took a little bit longer. Overnight, the next morning, I had activity. Yeah, yeah. But still, pretty Clean quick. yogurt leaves. That's cool. Well, I already know what I'm doing next weekend. What's that? Another double brew day. Oh, mm-hmm. glutton for punishment. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Justin <laughs> and I will uh, be brewing together. Is he using that kegerator yet? <laughs> Yes, I think he's ordered the parts for it. Okay, um, it, money's been a thing. So, yeah. well, tell him to let me know if he needs some help, like getting it all set up and everything. I will. Um, so he's going to brew his first beer that's going to go into the kegerator. Awesome. Um, so we're going to do that on Saturday, and uh, I have no idea what I'm going to brew yet, but I'm going to brew something. I'm going to let sit for a while. A, I was going to say you should do a saison. You haven't done one of those yet. That's true. I have not. I don't know. The, Justin's Saison was really good. It was really overcarbonated the last time he did one. Well, he also bottled it. True. And I think I was still bottling at that time. Uh, I've never been good at that. But I don't <laughs> I know. I felt like it was going to be explosive. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the high carbonation kind of turns me off to that from that beer, you know? It doesn't have to be. Yeah, it's part of the style, though. Mm. But it doesn't have to be, like, explosive. Well, no. There's a difference between effervescent yeah, and explosive. Yeah, his, his had really, really good flavor. But after the first one, I was burping up a storm. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyways. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just like that. See, and I find Saison's to be wonderful summer beers. Oh, yeah. I've made oh, yeah. one basically every summer for the past two, three years. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm planning on doing another one. Uh-huh. Yeah, did you make a Rattler out of one? I did, yeah. There's one year that I brewed a full batch and then I split it and then took the just a half of a, a batch and then put it on, or I bottled that one. The other half, I blended with uh, equal amounts of lemonade, turned it into a Rattler, which was a cool idea, oh. too. It was tasty. Yeah. 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 Called it Boo Rattler. <laughs> <laughs> Man. Well, which yeah. I'm going to do that again. Because it's fun. And uh, last summer... 
I brewed my Saison and blended it with Hatch Chili Peppers. Ooh. Um, Eddie was the only one that didn't really like it. He said that the flavors were, were too contrasting, which I can get that. Sure. But uh, I enjoyed it. Hmm. Well, if our resident Mexican doesn't like the pepper beer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He has a point. But at the same time, you brew the beer for yourself. Yeah. And yeah. I it. And it's five gallons of beer it. that you're going to drink. Speaking of which, I still have that bottle of Ghostface Killer. So where am I going to drink it? Well, you know. I it might know. clear up my sinuses <laughs> before I have to go I, you know, play I'm tonight. I'm interested to know if I could actually finish a whole bottle of it. Man, I don't know. I took that. Eddie, like, chugs it, but, of course, you know, it's Eddie. So. I took that to a faraway place that I will not mention <laughs> due to re- some financial reasons. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, we had a hard time finishing the, the one can or the one bottle uh, between, like, it would have been four, four of us. us. Yeah. No, no, no. Fado was there, not Eddie. No, I think he's talking about a different time. I'm talking about a different time. Oh, okay. This was someplace much further away. Think back to last, no, New two Mexico, New Year's right? ago. Was it Mexico? Um, maybe. <laughs> In case the IRS is listening. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> hey, man. Cover my own tracks, okay? It's surprising that the Vietnamese can do German so well. What? Were you in Vietnam? Did I say that? No, I was in I was in Mexico. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you said that. <laughs> We're saying Talking that. about Vietnamese doing but Germans. This we, is rough. We had a hard time finishing it. <laughs> it was like that. Oh, my God. <laughs> There's some new drops. That had some, like, tone to it. Yeah. Play it again. Did you hear it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, that was, that was one of the swing tops I think we had oh, a yeah, couple yeah. weeks ago. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> definitely thank you for listening, yes. if you are listening, which you are because you're hearing my voice. And coming back after all of these sketchy episodes. Shenanigans. And, yeah. yeah it's, <coughs> it's been fun, but um, I'm sure it's it's much more enjoyable to actually drink the beer and record it than it is to listen to it. But you know, yeah. since you're there. Actually, you know, a call to our listeners. I'm curious. Do you actually look at the uh, the beers that we're drinking and go out and try them after or during listening to the podcast? I'm curious to know. I'd like to know um, that too. Because if you're just listening and, and you know getting the information, that's cool. That's that's perfect. But if you're actually like experiencing the beers with us, I think that'd be really cool. I mean, they could totally go get them first and, and, and drink yeah, them Yeah, if they look us. at the list of what there is. Because, and, I mean, of course, it pops do, up at 5 o'clock in the morning. So. Yeah. We do have some people that you know aren't in the distribution area that we're in that are listening. That's so true. So it's kind of hard to for them to get some of the stuff. But we're trying to do a better job of getting some wider distributed beers to feature on the podcast, so people can go pick those up and listen and, and yeah. drink along with. We've us. got some today, so I think that'd be really cool. Kind of let us know if if that's something that you do, and if yeah. not, maybe give it a shot, and uh, you might experience a different side of the podcast. Speaking of distribution. Um, uh, What's that brewery in Fort Worth? That narrows it down. Hot Fusion. There we go. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, Hot Fusion is uh, now distributing their beer with oh, a distributor. Cool. Uh, they posted on Facebook. So, yep. Anyways, yeah, they signed on with Full Clip. Oh, we met those guys at Backcountry. Yep. Did. Well, I didn't get to. Oh, well, sad face. Oh, womp, too womp. bad. Anyway, thanks for listening, and we certainly invite you to subscribe. And then check us out on social media. Facebook. Everything. Instagram. We are everywhere. Whatever Stitcher is. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't notice that before just now. Yeah, me neither. (laughs) 
And we are officially on Google Play. I don't know Finally. when or how or or what, you know, how that ended up actually Ooh. happening. An hour ago, I tried to find it because I wanted to add that, that button to our website on the About page. But I went to Google Play. I, I typed in Bruce Styles, couldn't find it. I went to actual Google itself, put in Google Play in quotations, and then Bruce Styles, nothing came up. So I could not find there's it a, earlier I, today. Okay, I'll have to log into it because there's an active link. I don't know if it's like the Google Play Store on your Android phone that you okay. actually have to mm, might be. go in. Because I have Google Play on my iPhone, and it only pulls up music. Zero podcast. I think the way it works is that you have to have a Gmail account, and then you have to actually sign into Google Play. It's kind of like using an app store oh, Okay. on your iPhone. Here's another call out to our listeners. If you're listening to us on, on Google Play, let us know how you're doing that. <laughs> yeah. We all have iPhones. I have no idea how it works, but anyway technology just go to stitcher itunes it's on there <laughs> or a website there you go website sorry we're only five episodes away from episode 100 oh man Hundo? yeah yeah 100 oh, travis i'm curious to know but i don't want to ask what you have planned for that one because you're you're our creative the planner. centurion mm-hmm. oh god it'll be worthwhile <laughs> i'm sure wait five weeks just a yes or no you already have it planned no I don't know. Whatever it is, I'm All sure right. it's going to be really long and super alcoholic. No pressure. And it's going to be great. It has to be epic. Oh, yeah. That'd be good. All right. Well, let's uh, let's move on. We've chatted enough. Okay. Sawyer. Oh, yes. That was loud. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sawyer. Yes. What are we talking about today? Oh, we're talking about something today? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, today, we are talking about Keller beer. In Keller, Texas, uh, at Shannon Brewing. No, I'm kidding. No. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Oh, when did I do that? I can't remember. Oh, well. when did you not do? <laughs> that was the, I had the hiccups. That was the Hellas Export Beer episode. Oh, that's right. Like for the entire back half of the podcast, you just had the hiccups. That was rough. Yeah, it worked my abs out, which I have none. <laughs> Wait, what was that? <laughs> anyway, oh, continue, Sawyer. Racist. <laughs> <laughs> Can we move All on, right. please? <laughs> I'm trying. All right. So, like I said, we're talking about Keller beer, style 7C in the BJCP. Uh,. It says, a very common seasonal summer beer brewed by many of the Munich area breweries and served in the beer gardens where they are very popular. That's what it starts with. Huh. Yeah. Uh, overall impression. And uh, sorry, I'm a little congested, still trying to recover, so bear with me, please. A young, fresh Hellas. So, what? Young beer. That makes no sense. These, these guys really need to check their English. Okay, I'm going to start over. Young, fresh, hellas. So while still a malty, that doesn't make any sense. The next part. Oh. A oh. young, fresh, hellas. So while still a malty, full attenuated pills malt I showcase, wouldn't read it that way. The hop character, aroma, <laughs> flavor, and bitterness is more pronounced, and the beer is cloudy, often with some level of diacetyl, and possibly has some green apple and or other yeast-derived notes. You're a retardant. Would you like to keep going? No. Please continue. As with the traditional Hellas, the Keller version is still a beer intended to be drunk by the leader. 
So overall, it should remain a light, refreshing, easy-drinking golden lager. Aroma. Oh, they changed it. Reflects base style. They didn't say varies by base style. They haven't changed it. It's the same guidelines. They just changed the verbiage for this one, yeah. I guess. Oh, that's sad. Because this section you're reading now is kind of the overview. There are two subcategories for this style Oh, also. no, I, I know, but I'm just saying it would be nice to... It's not hear. variable. It's one or the other. Oh, still. <laughs> no. <sighs> Man, y'all are rough today. Jeez. Okay. Typically can be somewhat hazy or cloudy and likely a little darker in appearance than the base style. Flavor. Also reflects base style. Typically... Variable by base style. Hey! There we go. Thank you. <laughs> Typically has additional yeast character with some byproducts not frequently found in well-lagered German beers, such as diacetyl, sulfur, alcetaldehyde. Is that how you say it? Byproducts. Yeah, thank you. It's kind of a tongue twister. Try saying that five times fast. Although not an objectionable levels. At objectionable levels. Thank you. Okay. Malfeel. Also reflects base style. Has a bit more body and creamy texture due to yeast in, in suspension and may have a slight slickness if diacetyl is present. May have a lower carbonation than the base style. Uh, would you like comments? Please. Okay, you got it. Yes. Young, unfiltered, unpasteurized versions of the traditional German beer styles traditionally served on tap from the lagering vessel. The name literally means cellar beer, implying a beer served straight from the lagering cellar. Young beer. Well, now you're getting into my history. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Never mind. Up. Take it back. Uh, Put it back in reverse. Would you like entry instructions? All right. No? Okay. So there's two versions of this. There's the pale Keller beer. and No, there's is there yes. more than that. Oh, okay, two. Yeah, and the amber uh the vital statistics for the pale OG 1045 1051 IBUs 20 to 35 FG 1008 to 1012 swarm 3 to 7 ABV 4.7 to 4 5.4% and then on the amber uh the vital statistics are OG 1048 to 10.54 IBUs 25 to 40 final gravity 1012 to 1016 sperm 7 to 17 ABV 4.8 to 5.4% for what it's worth, I think every example we have today is a pale Keller beer yeah. as opposed to the amber. Well, listening to the vital statistics, it doesn't sound like they're vastly different other than the color. Maybe yeah. a little bit more body in the, the amber. The swarm, yeah. But other than that, um, the color is really the only major difference, I think. Yeah, yeah. Based on the vital statistics, though. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, okay, so a little bit of history about the Keller beer. Um, it's a version of a German lager originating in Franconia, Bavaria, and dates to the very beginnings of lagering in the latter half of the Middle Ages. So a very old style of beer. It's kind of obscure in the U.S. Not a whole lot of people brew it here. Uh, I think most of the examples we have are very either a small brewery or something from Germany. Right. Am I wrong? I don't remember. We bought them a long time ago. 
<laughs> well, there's other examples. I mean, I've had a Sierra Nevada Keller beer before. Oh, really? Um, oh, okay. but I haven't seen that one. They're they're usually not in a year-round rotation. It's usually just kind of a one-off batch. Okay. That being said, one beer we have is from a, a small town in Texas that is a year-round one. So, you know, it okay. very cool. bold by date. I haven't had style. any of these examples that we have here. So I'm, I'm interested to try them out. I did brew, of course, what I thought at the time was a pale Keller beer because when Travis and I were taking our BJCP class, uh-huh. we all had a homework beer, mm-hmm. something that James couldn't readily buy, right? but we still needed to taste it to get an idea about what it was. So I drew pale Keller beer. Great idea, by the way. If you're if you're leading that class or taking that class, yeah. there's lots of things. I mean, we're not going to get Czech pale ale here. Because it's, but you can look at the guidelines, look at the ingredients, find a recipe online, and Mm -hmm. and brew on your own, on your own, and just kind of guess and say, okay, how close do I think this might actually be? Yeah, Yeah. I had to do the uh, Kentucky Common, which in the guidelines there's one commercial example, and it's from someplace I never heard of. Yeah, so I found an article written by Gordon Strong and followed his suggestions, and turned out with a good beer. And it was the very first lager I ever brewed. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And we tried it to class, and everybody liked it. Uh, turned out really well, I think. No diacetyl at all. Uh, and then I'm pretty sure that's the one that I took to your wedding, Travis. Yeah. And it was... Gone. Yes. <laughs> I think Hashel Swartz Strawberry Blonde yeah. was the first thing to blow. He took the honors. I still can't believe that thing blew that fast. <laughs> well, he also fermented it. And actually, he brewed it like three days before the wedding. Yeah. I don't know how that's possible. But anyway, it was gone very quickly. And then my... Pale Keller beer that I just called Pale Lager, and it got drank up pretty quick. I think mine was like right behind all you guys. Well, just because nobody could get to it because of all the foam. Yeah, but it was half empty. <laughs> Most of it of foam. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, back to the history. Lacking any type of refrigeration technology, brewers would brew the beer during the cool months and then lager them in caves. Oh, that's so, interesting. As you said, the Keller beer um, translation is... Cellar, cellar beer. beer yeah um the caves acted like natural cellars allowing the beer to remain at stable cool temperatures for the length of their slow maturation um the brewers also used a particular set of conditioning techniques which included not being pasteurized so it's an Clean unpasteurized beer yeah um it's not filtered down to any microns oh i like microns <laughs> And as you alluded to, I don't know if you actually said it, but it is served out of the fermentation vessel. Yes. So it's more or less a cask beer, um, usually an oak cask that was open to the environment through an unplugged bunghole. Is that what it says? Yes. (laughs) And they don't want you to touch their bungholes either. This allowed any CO2 from secondary fermentation to escape. So rather than using an airlock like we do nowadays with our, our homebrew, they uh-huh. just left the bunghole unplugged. <laughs> so, so essentially, there was gas. <laughs> there was CO2 gases leaking out of the bunghole. Oh, man. Whoa! <laughs> it happened to me on Saturday night, man. Was... So anyway, this also allowed anything in the immediate environment of the cave to possibly you know, fall in the beer. So that created nuanced differences in the different beers depending on location and what caves they were Yeah. They were lagered in. That's interesting. <clears throat> the bunghole. Oh my gosh, how many times did I say bunghole in this? Thank you for that. 
Are, who are you thanking him or me? <laughs> thanking him for saying that okay. with such clarity and directly into the microphone. Bunghole. <laughs> Thank you for that one, Thank too. Thank you for that. Anyway, the bunghole was sealed for shipping, and the beer was served. <laughs> what are you laughing at, Sawyer? I'm going so, to ship my bunghole. No, it was sealed for shipping. And the beer was served in the same casket it matured in. So the resulting pour would have been minimally, if at all, carbonated. Okay, so it's a very young, very cloudy, very low carbonated beer served from a cask. Um, it's quite cloudy with yeast and nutrients either settled out nor been filtered out. So it's just all in the beer. It keeps talking about the bunghole, but I'm going to... No, read it, read I'm it. I'm going to move on. Watch, watch, watch. I'll put my finger on it. Uh, that's pretty much it. It's a young, pale, well, the pale version anyway, is a young, pale lager uh, that's unpasteurized, unfiltered, cask-served. That pretty a, much narrows it down. With a sealable bunghole. Yes. But, but see, you say young, but it does have some amount of cellaring as well Yeah, that they're talking yeah. about. So it doesn't specify, at least in the history that I've read and, and what I've researched when I was brewing it for the class. Um, of course, I didn't really have a cask to serve it out of, so yeah. I just I kegged it and put it on low pressure because it's supposed to be gravity poured Yeah. also. It's not under pressure, Yeah. hence the cask. See, but, I wonder if... If in the terms of their of their vocabulary, if they're using the word young in comparison to what are a standard Hellas lager would be, which is lagered for several months on right. time. So, you know, you can still lager it for, you know, three, four weeks and still classify it as young in comparison to what the, uh, the mature version would be. Well, and, and part of it is if you truly lager something for months, it's going to clear. Yeah. Because everything settles, everything drops, and, and you know, it just sits there for months, so it's going to be clear. Um, so, obviously, it's a mixture of not lagering long enough to clear, and between the shipping in the fermentation vessel, I'm sure it gets jostled around again, so all the, the yeast drop out and the nutrients and everything else mm. kind of get mixed back into solution. Yeah, yeah. So, it's yeah. just, it does make a very clear point that it's unpasteurized, unfiltered, cloudy. Yeah, because when I think of young beer, I think about, you know, like a, a British mild or an English pale ale that was brewed the week before and is already being served uh, at the pub. You know, it's only like a 3% beer. Or uh, the Kentucky Common was meant to be from grain to glass in eight days. So yeah, That's fast. Yeah. yeah. But, well, Sora, when you were talking about acetaldehyde... yes. I don't remember exactly what you said. Uh, uh, is it small amounts are okay? I think that's what it said. Let me bring it back up here. Oh, yeah, here it is. Over the overall impression. Uh, the beer is cloudy, often with some level of diacetyl, and possibly has some green apple and or other yeast-derived notes. Right. What The thing that you were actually specifically referring to was the, in flavor, um, if you want okay. to go back to that. Um, Which would make sense if it's young. Yeah, then you're going to get some possible diacetyl and some acetaldehyde. Okay. Yeah, it, it, going back to it, it says typically has additional yeast character with some byproducts not frequently found in well lagered German beers. And then there you go. Off. Yeah. Ooh, sulfur. 
That's one that I'm not really a fan of. Yeah, so maybe they're just doing like cellar fermentation temperatures and not necessarily tucking it away for a long time. You know, it yeah. does. If you finish that sentence out, it says although not at objectionable levels. Right. So I guess that's the qualifier right there. Yeah. It's okay to get a little bit of it because it is a young lager, but if it's over the top, then it's not in style. Yes. From the aroma, I kind of get something not right. Thanks, Eddie. So it shouldn't be that. Yeah. Okay. This will be interesting. We uh, definitely have very little experience with this style, obviously. Uh, we have a few examples that we found, but um, it'll and, be kind of a eye-opening one for all of us, I believe. And don't we have a few from the... We have one bottle, one homebrew bottle from the Ozaptis box. Oh, no. So we are getting close to wrapping it up since we killed off eight Kolsch's last week. Ugh. I don't know how we did that. But I think we do have a Keller beer example this week. I thought there were two in the fridge. Could be. I might be wrong. No, I think the other one's some kind of vice. Yeah, it's like a dunk, dunkless vice. Okay. We'll do that next week. All right. Well. Cool. Anything else? No, I'm I'm good. I got an empty glass. Me too. Oh, me almost. Good. What we do happen to have... What? what? <laughs> Did my squeak uh, distract you? Well, we do happen to have an example from Germany today that is a Keller beer. And this is uh, entitled Zeppelin. And it has a picture of a Zeppelin. Like the lead? On the front. No, this would be the, uh, the helium, oh. hydrogen kind. Kind we... that burned up. I guess we don't have any commercial examples. I think the Zeppelin is a commercial example. Uh, for the, actually, the I think it's for the amber. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if this amber, just by looking at the color. Zeppelin's not listed. Okay. Unless it's whatever Zeppelin is in Germany. Hang on. Z- Zeppelin? I always want to say I'm, like, I'm sure I saw it earlier. Because there's a lot of polymer stuff listed for the pale. Yeah. But... Anyway, but this is brewed by Browery Max Leinbinger in Ravensburg, Germany. It uh, says a special brew for connoisseurs. Zeppelin is a naturally cloudy, unfiltered specialty brew. Its natural cloudiness and finest ingredients from the Lake Constance region of Germany make Zeppelin a heavenly experience. Listed at 5.2% ABV. Around the label, it says a heavenly experience made with the finest ingredients from the Lake Constance area. Browery Max Leimbinger. Show schmeckt. Geschenk. This is how history tastes. So, this will probably be the closest we get to a commercial example. And just by looking at it, this may be a this amber. Looks like an amber for yeah. sure. Yeah, definitely. Because it's not pale gold, it's more like the uh, orangish red. Yeah, color, mm, not super cloudy. We, we mixed up the bottles and stuff, so all the sediment should be in there. But it's murky. Maybe a little. Well, I'd say hazy. Hazy. I can still see through mine pretty well. Uh, I can't. Because I have a thicker glass, I guess. Yeah. I'm glad that we actually have an amber for this. Yeah. Now I didn't realize that when we got it. Uh, we don't get too many examples, but. Yeah, it's nice. I can see how uh, 
the guidelines said it can be closely related to a Martzen by the color, at least. Definitely malty in the in the aroma, also. Oh yeah, color definitely. This tastes a lot like Hackershore. Oh, it actually, you it taste does. Already? Man, I'm still just sniffing. <clears throat> I had to taste it so I could rate it on Untapped. One um, one side of my nose is stopped up, so I'm I'm only getting fifty percent. I can't really smell anything. Fairly straightforward malty aroma. I'm getting very little hops whatsoever from this, but it does have like a sweet grainy nose, a uh, slight bit of bread, but it's more on the uh, the sweet malt side. Do you pick up any diacetyl or acetaldehyde or sulfur? Nothing that I would write down on a score sheet. Yeah, I'm not really. It's just sweet and malty. Yeah. Do you get clean yogurt at least? Kind of like clean fermentation. Um, you know, that's would probably be the one thing that uh, that I wouldn't say. Because it does have, oh, I don't want to say dirty, but the opposite of clean is dirty. So it's a dirtier finish than like a crisp, clean Pilsner. Yeah, because I'm, I'm kind of thinking if you would have handed this to me and said it was an ale, I wouldn't have thought twice about it. So maybe the lack of the actual lagering kind of... It alleviates that, that clean, crisp lager character that you would expect. I disagree. I I I tasted lager when I took a drink of this. You tasted lager? Well it's got it's just got <laughs> certain qualities to it, you yeah. know, being a lager. Yeah, it's, you know the, the mouth feels a little different from a regular ale, you know. Uh, it's a little lighter, yeah, colder feeling. Not necessarily, not it's not necessarily colder for sure, but it definitely feels colder than a regular ale. I wouldn't say super smooth because I get kind of like a minerally, almost slightly metallic on the finish that I would assume comes from the water source. But um, do you uh, uh, do you get any slickness? I don't think so. So you're getting a Metallica a Metallica finish from the Zeppelin. Yeah. <laughs> Next up, DMS. <laughs> yeah, it because I would say it lacks the the no, noticeable smoothness of a lager, especially a German lager. Um, and you know, in piggybacking off of uh, Chris's comment, that it definitely has some some characteristics of a of an ale that it's just not as smooth and refined. Yeah. I mean, one of the things about ales is you definitely get yeast character. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at all the the different ale styles where yeast is a big player. We were talking about um, what was the one you hadn't brewed yet? Hot dog? Huh? The, oh, the saison. Yeah, we're talking about saison. That's got a yeast character. All the Belgians have a yeast character. You know, it's just a lot to an ale about yeast, half bisons, all, all that kind of stuff. Loggers are usually just, it's, you know, everything's settled out. Yeah. You don't get the yeast character. Yeast is the non-factor in loggers typically. This one, I wouldn't say anywhere close to that it's yeasty, but it's just got that ale tinge to it. That sounds weird, but I don't know another way to describe it. Have you tried sniffing it while drinking it? I mean, this is a serious <laughs> question. Well, um, that hasn't come up in a while. I know. Um, but I noticed something strange, but I can't tell what it is because I'm all stopped up. <laughs> Specifically within the aroma. <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't work. 
I'm not picking up anything no? different. No, okay. Maybe it's just me then. Yeah, it's one of those that if you're drinking it along with us, then you kind of get our uh, hesitation. Yeah, difficulty in describing it. You know, a tinge, yes, I get that. But unless you're actually trying it, then you might not quite understand. It's interesting. Yeah. But it's also meant to be just kind of a, a session beer. Well, this drink is supposed it, to be a summer beer. Drink it young, drink it on cask. Well, I mean, who are we to tell the Germans that they did a German style? This may be exactly what it's supposed well, to be. Yeah, maybe so. I, I don't know. This is the first amber uh, Keller beer that I've ever had. Yeah. It's good. I like it. Um, I don't know. This is my first Keller beer. So schmeckt gestinkt. Amber Keller beer, overall impression. A young, unfiltered, and unpasteurized beer that is in between a Hellas and Martin in color, spicier in the hops with a greater attenuation. I wasn't really picking I don't up any get hops. That. No, I don't yeah, either. I get But if it's aged hops. at all, especially with it being um, on the maltier side, if it's yeah. aged at all, you're not going to get any hops. Yeah, especially coming from Germany. Yeah, this style is above all a method of producing simple, drinkable beers for neighbors out of local ingredients to be served fresh. And that I would say, spot on, simple, and it's brilliant. This would be a house beer, five point two, which is within the guidelines for yeah. amber. Spot on. So I, I think it's a good beer. I think I gave it like a four on Untapped. Yeah, I gave it a four mm-hmm. as well. So yeah, cool. It is what it's supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Good beer. I'm interested to see how the the pale versions, uh, correlate. So let's get into that. Well, next up is the Lucchese Lager by Oasis Brewing. Uh, Hill Country. Is Oasis in Austin? I think it's in that area. If not Austin proper, close enough. Okay. Lucchese. Let's see. Keep cold. I don't know something's on here. Here we go. Enchanting, ethereal, fleeting. Lucchese Lager is brewed in the traditional Keller beer style, where subtle malt notes marry with assertive Hallertau and Saz hops. That's it. It's still a nice and now tasty nod to brewing history. That wasn't even that NPR. Well, it's uh, pretty... Enchanting, ethereal. It kind of looks like Coors Light, but it's really hazy. And yeah, this one's hazy. You know, this is certainly a pale Keller beer. Yes, yeah. much much lighter compared to the See, last one. I don't even get a uh, ABV on the can. Smells pale too. Oh, there it is. It's behind the label. Four point eight ABB. Four point eight percent. Okay. Um, whenever we opened this, by the way, there was a bit of a violent reaction. More of a explosion. <laughs> Felt like it was going to be explosive. An explosion. Well, okay, we, so we did mix it up a bit. Yeah, there was a, a a conversation off off the air about if this is truly a Keller beer that's you know not filtered and not lagered, and the off chance it sitting in the fridge, the yeast or particles or whatever settled out. Yeah. You know, we want it kind of like a, a hefeweizen. If you want all the yeast character and you got to upend it, kind of mix it around. Anyway, so we did that. On both of these examples, and the we Zeppelin... Didn't, we didn't shake them violently, though. No, it's just we 
upended it, kind of rolled it a little bit. There was no shaking. However, it spewed and went all over the table and the floor. So I don't know if this is like an overly carbonated batch or maybe it was really full in the can or I, I don't know. But either way, it did it did go everywhere. Yeah. We mixed up the Zeppelin also. Yeah, and that one did not spew. So anyway. Yep. Uh, yeah, clear or hazy gold, white foamy head. I'm getting some, I don't know, it's citrus or fruit notes in the aroma, like maybe lemongrass. Yeah. Similar to some of the Kolsch's that we drank last week. <laughs> yeah, it kind of does have like that old homebrew smell to it. Oh, there's definitely some kind of like lemongrass in the flavor. My senses won't let me taste a whole lot in this one. It does have maltiness to the aroma. Yeah, dry flavor. Bready, like a, a biscuit biscuit flavor uh, as far as the grains are concerned. Uh, maybe a bit of sweetness from like maybe a, a touch of citrus. Apparently I've had this one before. Oh, really? I'm not surprised. This is one of the year-round offerings. October 26th. 2014. Whoa. Where? Uh, it, I don't have a location marked. Interesting. Hmm. Okay. Had either of y'all had this before? Nope. Yes. Where did you have it, Travis? I'm pretty sure I've had this at the Berkeley Apartments. Oh, that was a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Around 2014-ish? In fact, that may be where <laughs> you've had it before, Probably too. so. <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me. Would you get any more hop character out of this one, it being a lighter, less malty? Compared to the last one, yes, I do. You think maybe that's where the lemongrass character comes from? Yeah, it has, you know, it definitely has more of a, kind of like a grassy, um, I mean, I wouldn't say pine or citrus or any of those uh, New World characteristics from uh, from hops, but yeah, maybe some more of the German varieties, a little... A little spicy, perhaps. Maybe some floral notes. Uh-huh. What about ale versus lager character in this one? I think, to me, this one's more of an ale. It's got some rough edges. Yeah. The carbonic bite on this one's pretty prevalent, too. Yeah, I would agree. Which is not to style. No. At all. Nine. Yeah, they talked about having the open bunghole, so it's just kind of really weak. <laughs> you never know what you're going to get. Carbonation. They did not open their bunghole. There's another one for you, Travis. Sounds like a medical problem. Oh, my God. Poundability. My <laughs> poundability. Oh. <laughs> oh, we completely forgot about that. Yes, we did. Uh, So what's Zeppelin. your poundability rating on this one, huh? <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> well, that episode was fun. It really was. <laughs> Uh, on the on the Zeppelin, I think I'd give it like a seven. Zeppelin, okay. Hmm. Yeah, I think I would agree with a seven because it wasn't super smooth like a lager. It had some rough edges, but it also didn't have any crazy over the top flavors that would prevent you from drinking it too fast. So I think and the seven. carbonation levels fairly low. It wasn't over the top. Yes, it was a safer bet. I'd say seven. I'm gonna say eight. I could I could go with that too. I could be talking to Nate, yeah. Is it like Hacker Shore? Not completely. <laughs> I mean my senses are a little messed up right now, so I didn't really get to smell it, but 
Um, yeah, it's pretty good. Going from that one to the Lucchese. I don't like this one. This one's a lot more bitter. Just thinking back. Because we went from super malty and sweet to sweet and bitter. Yes. Which I think is fine because the guidelines did say more hop character. Mm-hmm. However, the carbonation level's way off. To style, anyway. Per, yes, per style. Yeah. As a beer that you reach into the fridge and pour, then maybe not. But um, as this is a BJCP-based podcast, if this beer were to be served in that category, then yeah, the carbonation level would be would be remarked on in both appearance and mouthfeel. But, I mean, that's still kind of a, a minor qualm. Well, going back to the... The actual pale description of flavor. Mm-hmm. Moderately malty with a rounded grainy sweet profile. Do you get grainy sweet? Uh, a bit. I'm remarked on that. Low to moderately high spicy floral or herbal hop. Definitely get that. Well, that's a huge range. Yeah. But I definitely get hop bitterness. Yeah. I'd say... You know, spicy and floral on this one. Finish is crisp and dry, but the aftertaste remains malty. See, even on the pale version, it says malty a lot. Yeah, so it's more malt-centric rather than hot right. forward. Hey, those Germans like their malt. Yeah. yeah. I I would say it finishes fairly dry. I wouldn't say it's yeah. crisp, though. No. Not the, not this example, anyway. Mm-hmm. Anytime someone says that something finishes, you know, crisp, I think of Sprite. Sure. Yeah. Or 7-Up. Yeah, because as far as, like, you know, in the mouthfeel section, um, when you're supposed to comment on creaminess, it's either creamy or crisp. Mm-hmm. So there, there's no real in-between as far as that particular characteristic is concerned. Right. But, yes, crisp is like a... a refreshing soda sprite yeah like that just very clean Mm -hmm. finish right clean yogurt at least something like that Mm. (laughs) okay well hell for this being a a texas example that's kind of cool it's you know it it tastes good i like the flavor yeah it's not bad um if you were to compare this to a pilsner with a pilsner being a hoppier you know, lager. What, what's your correlation there? Because I think it's fairly close without the clean lager character. Yeah. The This one seems to muddy the waters a little more than a German or Czech pills because those have a very distinct uh, hop characteristic. You know, whether yeah. it's it's the, the Czech hops in the like, soft floral versions... Or the uh, the spicy German varieties, uh, as far as the Keller beer, it takes those characteristics, kind of softens it down, mixes it in with some more of the uh, the young character, some of the yeast cloudiness and uh, the malt sweetness. So it blends a lot better. Uh, Pilsner is more, I think, makes more of a statement, and this one is certainly a it's a, it's a table beer. Pilsner makes more of a statement as in hop character. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah like in, yeah. if you compare this to a German Pils, you're going to get very specific remarks about 
Hop, Let's see, I'm getting a lot of hop character in this one, too. I'm getting bitterness. I'm getting very strong, floral, spicy notes. It's just... it. If there were such a thing as a German pale ale, that would be this, to me. Yeah, sure. German IPA might be a style we need to make. <laughs> <laughs> IPA 3.0. Uh... Lagered IPA. What if you had a lager that you brewed, fermented, lagered, and then dry hopped it? I believe that's called an India Pale Lager IPL. Wait, that's, but a that's thing? not. Yeah, but yeah, it, there's not, examples out there. Not, but yeah, but it's not in the BJCP. Okay, no. but it's uh, there are there are some. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I haven't. I've had a few of those commercial IPLs. I haven't been impressed by any of Yeah, them. I'm not really... Dry hop with mosaic. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, to be honest, mosaic's kind of growing on me. Just, just a little. Whoa. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Oh! The Community Mosaic IPA is pretty good. I've oh. <laughs> gotten used to that one. Anyway, all right, oh so... Oh, my God! Poundability on Luceza. Six. Yeah, due to the carbonation, it would have to be a little bit lower than the previous one, so I couldn't go higher than a seven. I'd say six. Uh-oh. Well, we can't have a six, 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 and I'm not going up to seven, so I'm going to have to say five. Yeah, I don't want that. Maybe if... Here we go. 5.9. All right. <laughs> Print. So, sadly enough... Five. Those are the only true Keller beer or labeled as Keller beer examples that we have. Yeah. yeah. But we have one that we'll, we'll just call a, a, a contrast or a comparison. So uh, Sawyer brought that one. So why don't you tell us about it? Okay. Well, this last one, well, not really the last one, I guess, because we have a homebrew, but um, the last uh, commercial example is the... Of course, the Hacker Shore. Well, let's get fruity. No, not fruity with this <laughs> one. But this is from Hacker Shore. This is the 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 Munchen Gold. Brewed in Munchen. Yeah. What? Bless you. Munchen. It is a 5.5 ABV at 11.2 fluid ounces. Five. 330 milliliters. Uh, and it says enjoy before 9.17. So this is a fresh one. Two. Yep, that's about it. Four. <laughs> All right, so this is going to be a style comparison because it's not quite a Keller beer, but it's, it's similar. It's Hellas clear. Yeah. It's not a Hellas. Huh? <clears throat> it's not a Hellas. It's a Munich Hellas. But our style that we're drinking. Oh, no, I know. Yeah, it's labeled as gold, so this could be a Dortmunder gold export that we did a couple weeks ago mm-hmm. along that, that uh, along those vein. Yeah. Nice golden color. Very clear. Really clear. Yeah. This is definitely lagered. This is why I like <laughs> Hacker Shore. Or filtered down to Micron. Yeah, lagered and Micron. I'm going to invent a filter that does uh, Macrons. I think that's bigger than it's a Micron. A cheesecloth. No, I'm just getting like a fishing net. More like a cheese grater. Run that through there. <laughs> cheese grater. Really? 
Well, you got to make cheese great again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway. I'll give it an A. <laughs> There's definitely a lot of malt character present in aroma. Um, I don't get yes. any hop character. Maybe some grainy sweetness. Yeah, the uh, I'd say the hop character in this one compared to the the last one is uh, it's probably less. It's lower. Um. It does still have just kind of the German feel to it. I, and I don't know what that is about it, if it's just the water content. <laughs> the X factor. But like every time I, I have a German beer and I know it's a German beer, then that's just something that I that I pick out. And I, I'm, I'm going to have to assume that it has to be the mineral content of water. Um, it's just it's there's something to it. Yeah. Is it the, uh, the X factor? Is the German factor? Oh, Yeah. Reinheitsgebot. Yeah. Reinheitsgebot. Reinheitsgebot. It's the Canadian version. <laughs> Out in a boat. Frühling stark here. Yeah. It smells nice. That it does. Um, And the taste. This tastes a lot like Hackershore. I would have to agree. Yeah. I mean, it is Hackershore. Well, it is Hackershore, but which Hackershore? Yeah. This tastes a lot like Hackershore. There you go. <laughs> Well, so anytime I say Hacker Shore, I always refer to the Martin. Mm. Yeah, the blue and white bottle mm-hmm. or yep. label. Yep. Maybe the it's taste one of those is things. awesome. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's one of those things where like all their beers taste the same, just different levels of maltiness. Well, there's something to that. I know every time, uh, like way back in the day, whenever we were first starting to drink beers. And we would have any uh, beers from Unibrow or Unibrow Unibrew. in Canada. <laughs> they all had the same similar. Uh, there was it wasn't like a base flavor, but it's just something to it, like a house a house flavor. And Frater and I, we just ended up deciding that it had to be the yeast, their house yeast strain, something that led the same kind of flavor to every beer. Um, and even. Even today, I would get some of the same kind of flavors from all RAR beers. Because if they have a house yeast strain, then you get some similar flavors from it. You know, whether it's uh, tangible or not, Martin House does the same kind of thing. They have just one yeast strain, Jester King. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised if if uh, Hackershore uses the same yeast for all of their beers. Which, I mean, if it's a lager, then it's a lager. You're yeah. not really going to get a big yeast character from a lager to begin with. So you could use the same yeast strain for a Martzen or a Export Gold or Dortmunder or a Munich Hellas. However, I bet you that the yeast used for a light lager, like let's just say an American light lager, is a different lager yeast than what you would use in something super malty like this. I don't know. I would say there's a difference between a German lager yeast and an American lager yeast. Yes and no. Maybe minute differences. Think about the the most classic example of a lager yeast you can think of. It would be the Budweiser. Yeah. Which started off as a European. That's where it was originated from, sourced. (laughs) European. And then it was brought over to America. I did that already. 
Um, and you yeah, can, you that can get that sense. same exact strain from uh, both Y yeast and uh, White Labs. And then I guess it was just the um, the adjuncts they added or their beech wood. Yeah. Because the yeast is not supposed to play hole. a big uh, <laughs> I've never tried to taste wood. Yeah. <laughs> Especially from a bunghole. <laughs> but I can see why... <laughs> I can see why it's the, black. Key's character oh, plays gosh. a huge role in most beer styles. Yes. I mean, you can go to your local homebrew shop and buy the Vine Stefaner mm-hmm. wheat or vice beer yeast. That's a strain. That's it's a staple in the the yeast community oh yeah i guess so i you know it, it can't be that much different with these german lagers there's a, a specific german lager yeast that tried and true i'm sure that's what hacker shore uses because anytime you look up a lager in the bjcp there's a good chance you're going to find a hacker shore listed as a commercial example yeah and that's yeah that's one of the favorite experiments that our homebrew club does i'm sure any good homebrew club that's worth their salt does this where you brew one batch of beer with um, all just one giant batch, and then you split, split it off, it. yeah, and then ferment it using different yeast, and you get wildly different results just by that one variable changing the yeast. And it's you know, it's kind of one of the uh, the overlooked characteristics in a beer, but it is an ingredient; it's an important one. Yeah, Reinhardt's good boat. Totally, water, hops, malt, yeast. <laughs> are, you, are you playing with your cat toy? Yeah, I was missing it. I just realized all three of us have one now. I don't yeah. remember when that happened. It was a while back. <laughs> I got the first one. Yeah, you've had yours for a long time. And my Millennium Falcon is still on your on your microphone over there. Yeah, it should be. <laughs> and the Pez dispenser. My Millennium Falcon micro machines. Let me tell you how old that thing is. And it's true. To episode six, because it's missing the satellite dish. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, we're what? Off in a episode. Uh, we want to do accountability on what, this. Travis, thing? I just, I'm drunk. <laughs> really? Yeah, you said it, not me. What? Um, accountability. This guy easily an eight. Yeah. It's, it's oh eight. yeah. Definitely yeah. say eight. Strutmeister. What is that from, Strutmeister? It's the a shake weight. weight. <laughs> it's a parody. Oh, okay. Remember the shake weight that does yeah. that motion? <laughs> the, the, the unpleasant <laughs> workout. All of you out there in Radio Land didn't see, probably for good reason, because we did not check the explicit box. This. <laughs> <laughs> I tasted the rubber. Yeah, we oh. Oh. <laughs> oh, gross. <laughs> All right, well, let's move on to our homebrew example from the Ozaft. So we're on to the homebrew. Um, from you the, said okay, so it's like okay. Well, from the Ozaft uh, <laughs> this bottle or box, whatever it is, puddle, puddle. Yes, the puddle. <laughs> it comes in a brown bottle uh, with a bottle. white label. Seven C Keller beer. Hashtag zero zero five two. Five. And this happens to be a one, pale, one, one. well, supposedly a pale Keller beer. Oh, it looks pretty pale to me. Yeah, I would say so. And uh, tiny un- bubbles, unfiltered, unpasteurized. However, there was a very large white 
head when we yeah. poured it. So I have a feeling it's going to be very carbonated. We rolled the bottle around to make sure it's all mixed up. And there is uh, some sediment suspended in the pour. Some lacing on the side of the glass, too. Look at all the bubbles coming up from the bottom. It's just like Coors Light. Uh, <laughs> whoa, aroma. <laughs> Get a little sniff of that guy. Uh, oh, my God. This uh, is very different from anything This is smelled. super fruity. This is like bubblegum aroma. I'm getting like cotton I'm, candy bubblegum. Like I'm, I'm getting I'm getting some Yeah, big bubblegum for sure. Maybe Almost even some sour notes? I was gonna say yeah. yeah. Maybe even some Brett. Do you think it's soured in the bottle? In the bottle? Yes. <sighs> Where's the bottle? <laughs> it's possible. I mean it's been sitting for over a year now, right? Well, we don't know. We Almost. got we got this box in October. It could have already soured, and that's why it didn't advance. Maybe so. Either way, I'm getting some definite sour bubblegum. Well, somebody needs to tell that guy Ooh. because uh, he needs yeah. to dedicate all that stuff to sour beers now. It's like sour bubblegum. That's crazy. On the aroma, I haven't tasted it yet, though. I, taste it, because it's exactly what it tastes like, too. Like Brett bubblegum. Brett flavored bubblegum. <laughs> yep, I, I taste it. You wow. know what? I kind of like it. I do too. Yeah. It's not style. It's not bad though. But I like it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it's like the pink bubble tape flavor. And then with a little bit of like sour edge of the cheek kind of touches to it. Yeah. It would, it would score extremely low, but I really like it. <laughs> yeah. I do too. That's kind of strange, but... Man, it's good. It's refreshing. It is. I, I would drink this. If I had five gallons of it, I'd drink it. Okay. So then that leads a few questions. One, obviously, how the heck do they do this? And two, <laughs> what category would it score well under? Okay, so Those here's the thing. I'm wondering. Normally, if you get bubble gum, it's Hefeweizen. Yeah, that that's, that's 100% yeast derived. Too hot. Yes. Too hot Hefeweizen. So I guess if you brewed a Keller beer, you know, grade bill like you would for a, a light lager. But pitched with a Hefeweizen, a German uh, Hef yeast? I, because if you ferment a lager too hot, you're going to get diacetyl, not bubble gum like you would out of a Hef yeast. This doesn't have any banana or... No. Well, no banana, maybe some clove notes. Which is strange. I have no idea how they made this happen. Unless it's a blend. Which is entirely possible. Either way, I like it. I have a question (laughs) about sour beers. Uh, So I know that you have to dedicate at least a fermenter specifically for sour beers, right? Not necessarily. Okay, well, that's what everyone keeps telling me. Well, okay, it depends on a couple of things. There's different schools of thought, yeah. The type of fermenter you're using. Okay. For instance, if you're using plastic, like my... uh, uh, my plastic fermenter out there that I've got yeah. for sours, or if you have a bucket, a pale, mm-hmm. yeah, pale, pale, pale ale, ale pale, whatever it's called, the microorganisms in the in the yeast will pit the plastic. Okay, and so it's nearly impossible to sanitize it. If you're using glass mm-hmm. or stainless, yeah, then you can still sanitize. Okay, so I don't. Okay, so that probably answers my question. Then. Anything plastic, though, you're screwed. So I don't have to designate a keg or. 
or a faucet. Here's, here's the thing, though. Any of those kegs and faucets that you use for a sour beer, if it's actually soured and not lactic acid, uh-huh. like if there's actual organisms in there, yeah. you have to replace all the O-rings and all the hoses. Oh, man, really? Yes. Okay. So, like I said, I, I bought a small three-gallon keg yeah. for sours. Right. And it's party tap only. So it's completely separate from my kegerator. I see. Well, okay. That I mean, I learned something new. I didn't know that. Okay. O rings are are rubber. Well, yeah. And the microorganisms are gonna sure. totally saturate sure. that. So yeah. if you do use a keg for a sour beer, and you want to use it for a, a regular ale or lager later, you have to replace everything. Right. There is another technique known as kettle souring that uh, a lot of people use, and that would be yeah. where mm-hmm. you basically you start. The mash is normal, uh-huh. and it's in your your um, your stainless steel kettle, and then you would um, bring all those to a boil for like ten minutes just to kill off any any kind of uh, organisms that's already in there. Then bring it down to about ninety five to hundred degrees, and then you would either pitch uh, lactobacillus or uh, put in some acidified malt. Which has lactobacillus naturally occurring on it. Actually, all malt. You could just put unmilled two row into your mash, and you'll still get lactobacillus. Okay. And then you leave that in the actual pot at ninety five hundred degrees for twelve hours, twenty four hours, however long you want, until it gets to a certain pH. Because that, as it sits there, the the natural acids are going to start to build up, and it's going to get more and more sour. So then at whatever point you decide to cut it off, then you bring it back to a boil and boil it as normal, you know, 60, 90 minutes, whatever. Sure. So then that's going to kill off any kind of souring agents, but it still maintains all of the sourness in the actual solution. Okay. So then you proceed as normal. You're not going to worry about getting contaminations on uh, piping or any fermentation. However, it's harder to ferment wort that's already sour because the yeast struggles in that pH level. Uh-huh. Okay. So it's kind of a give or take. Uh, now, you mentioned the acidulated malt. If you just add like into your grain mill acidulated malt, you can get some of that acid character. Mm-hmm. But any unmilled malt, if you toss it into your um, whatever you're using to mash it, whether if it's a, a stainless kettle or or whatever, and you hold it at that temperature, you're yeah. going to get lactobacillus. Yeah, lactobacillus is naturally occurring. Yeah. Well, Travis, that's actually a very interesting way of doing it. I've never heard of that way. So I've thought about f- doing it. I would need a like firm wrap. Uh, yeah. Obviously, I'd do it in summer and then just keep it in the garage. Oh, yeah. And it's 9,500. And then have some sort of like a, a heat jacket on the outside of the pot to keep it there. Uh-huh. So, you know, overnight when it temperature drops. Do you think you could make it, you could keep it... At temperature with like a hot plate, possibly. I've uh, seen people do it in the oven. If okay. your oven will go yeah. down low enough, if you have an electric smoker, I've seen people do that too. Yeah, I actually, I was I was going to say that because one of the other podcasts that I listen to about brewing, basic brewing, mm-hmm. yeah. is what the podcast is called. They have a YouTube uh, video series also, uh-huh. and he's done several videos on kettle souring. And one of his methods he'll use is he has his electric smoker that he'll um, hold his wort at that temperature and he'll kettle sour overnight and then do normal brew day. Interesting. So I, I've thought about trying that too, but my un- oven doesn't go down low enough. 
Yeah. Yeah, but for maybe me, maybe when I, I have more space, I'll buy one of those electric smokers. And I think I would want something more <laughs> controlled than an oven. And that's that's the trick, you know. Which I that's doing, why I see the smoker working. Doing kettle souring, know. it's there's a lot that you can't control. Yeah, oxygen content. I mean, you can purge it with CO two. Well, what he does on the basic brewing thing is he'll actually he'll purge it, then he'll put cellophane around. The kettle, yeah. so that oxygen can't get back in. Right. Okay. Interesting. But anyway, we could do an entire episode on. <laughs> so I might try and do, we should all try it just in different ways. Like somebody do stovetop, just keep it on low overnight, see what happens. If their wife well, doesn't get my, too mad, my wild fermenter yeah. that's happening in the garage that has been there for on. about eight months. Someone get a firm wrap. <laughs> um, It'd that, be a good experiment, be though. It'd be fun. Yeah, I'll go get some icy hot. I'll bring our bottles back and see just what happens. Do like a, a one gallon. Six pack yeah. test batch. Yeah, we Something don't need easy. to invest that much into yeah. it. It'd be yeah. it'd be fun. I'd like to try an experiment. Okay. Maybe this summer we could try that. Yeah, maybe so. When we have some time to yeah. to dedicate to that. Well, cool. Anyway, well, let's um real quickly. We do have a uh, a homebrew recipe for a pale keller beer. I know we totally got recipe. derailed on the uh, the sour conversation, yeah, we but got soured off. Anyway, so this is the recipe that I used when I brewed my my pale caliber for the class. Uh, I classified it as a municellus. Okay. So uh, just for the the, the vital statistics kind of thing. Uh, my OG was ten fifty four, FG ten fifteen, which I think it actually finished a little lower than that. IBUs twenty one, CERM two, ABV five point one. So it, it was pretty close to Municellus, a little bit on the high side for the gravities um, and on the low side for the, the SRM. But anyway, um, <clears throat> grain was just 10 and a half pounds of Pilsner malt. That's it. Nothing else. Hops uh, had a 60-minute edition of Hallertau, mm-hmm. one and three-quarter ounces, so 1.75 ounce. And at 20 minutes, Hallertau, 1.25 ounces. So you're buying 10.5 pounds of Pilsner malt and 3 ounces of Hallertau. Pretty okay. cheap beer to brew. And a 60 and a 30, and that's it? 60 and a 20. Okay. Yeah, and that's it. And then I used the Y East 2308 Munich Lager. Mm-hmm. Uh, did my normal brew day like I would for any Pilsner base, so a 90-minute boil. Then I fermented um, low 50s until the Krausen begins to fall in. Then you do your diacetyl rest, raise it up to above 60 for about 24, 48 hours. Then you cold crash it. Um, And then I I think I went straight to the keg at that point. But if I were doing a real lager and not a Keller beer, I would cold crash it, transfer it to secondary, and then lager it for a few months. So I... On the homebrew scale, I think that's really the only difference between a Keller beer and a Hellas is your procedure after fermentation. Yeah. So, you know, I'd be interested to try an experiment if we did a double batch of it and did one straight into a keg and then lagered another one and then compared the two just to see if you get a real difference between them. Yeah, it sounds like that it's just a... Another step in the process that um, many Keller beers could easily turn into a Municellus just with... Yeah, if you let it sit in your keg long enough. Mm. <laughs> so, hmm. yeah, I, I liked the beer. I thought it tasted pretty good. Um, yeah? 
obviously was a, a, a moderate success at your uh, at your wedding. Yeah, it was. So everybody liked it in the class. I think I might try that one again. Might be a good wow. good one to try again. So word. Now that I'm kind of refining my lagering technique a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I still haven't got there yet. Eventually. Soon yeah, enough. me too. It's but actually a little easier than people lead on for it to be. Oh, it's not the Everyone always says, oh, lagering's so hard. No, it's not. It's you just a, need temp control. Yeah. That's it. It's more of a money thing for me right now. So Yeah. So, anyway, this is fun. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for joining us for another episode of Brew Styles, where our topic of discussion today was the Keller beer. Join us next week whenever we hook up our old school Nintendo and play some NBA Jam. What? Dunk. Oh, God. Dunkless Vice Beer is next. He's on fire!